Welcome to the Texas Values Report. This is Jonathan Sines, president of Texas Values. Great to be with you on another glorious week in the state of Texas. It is Valentine's Day for purposes of when we're taping the show and on Facebook Live. If you can see on Facebook Live, you can see who my guest today is going to be on the back of my screen here. We've got a nice picture of our guest. I'll give a full introduction for him in just a minute. If you're new to the show, we're on every week, and the show's about faith, family, and freedom. And we look at that in the arenas of the courts, the legislature, and the media. We've now been running for over four years. We're excited about that. 200 and something episodes consecutively under our belt, so to speak. But sure, happy Valentine's Day. I mean, it's kind of a religious day, right? St. Valentine's, if you want to kind of go that direction. People don't talk about that a lot. As a matter of fact, though, I was involved in a court case a while back where that did come into play, where students were giving out religious-themed cards. Some of them were talking about St. Valentine's, and um, some people weren't happy about that in the government, but too bad. We ended up winning that case. But happy Valentine's Day to my bride, Rowan. Uh, I know she's running around a little bit. Maybe she'll hear this later. We shall see. But, uh, you know, look, a lot going on in the state of Texas on the issues of faith, family, and freedom. A lot of focus on what's going to happen in the elections. Are people that stand up for the issues of faith, family, and freedom going to be elected? Are we going to see people get more engaged on these issues and go to the ballot box? Are we going to see the numbers improve? They seem to be really bad last time from a Christian or— you know, a perspective of people that are Christians or faith values voters, if you will, turning out at the ballot box. The numbers seem to be a little disappointing. Last presidential election, we'll see about that. And someone who knows a lot about that is our guest today. David Barton's going to be our guest today on the Texas Values Report. He is the founder of Wall Builders. It's a national pro-family organization that presents Americans' forgotten history and heroes with an emphasis on our moral, religious, and constitutional heritage. That entity is based or has its offices here in Texas. As a matter of fact, David and his wife Cheryl reside in Alito, Texas. They've got three grown children, one of them who's a, an active part of Wall Builders, uh, Dam- uh, Damaris, Timothy, and Stephen, four grandchildren, and a whole list of awards that I could spend half the show listing. David, welcome to the Texas Values Report. Hey, Jonathan. Great to be with you. Thanks for having me. Well, look, if it's not you know, you're on national radio, you're on national TV, you're going to speak to events. Um, you know, look, you, you've had quite an impressive history of being involved in where the issue of faith and history and politics intersect. But a lot of that has been really kind of uh, breaking down how important it is or emphasizing how important it is and the impact that Christians can have when they get involved in public policy and when they get involved in elections. 2020 is a huge election year. There is a a Republican incumbent president that a lot of people feel like is very supportive of a lot of the values that you and I agree with. There might be some things to a degree that that we, you know, maybe wish were a little bit better. We might do a little bit different, but I think it's fair to say, particularly with the State of Union address last year, excuse me, last week, getting a lot of attention. Um, there's no question, 2020 is a big year, and not just for the country, but for Christians as well. Yeah, it's a big year because America right now is more polarized than she's been since about 1856. So you have two competing worldviews that are out there. 
which worldview wins is going to be decided by voting. And, and so very simply in this country, the, the policies that we have, the policies we live under, the policies that will be enacted, uh, whether it be legislatively or through judges, all comes as a result of what we do in elections. So this will be a very massive election because, again, we are now more polarized in so many areas than we have been in, in over 150 years. And we will decide which direction the nation is to head. And I, I don't just say that with hyperbole. We will decide the direction the nation will head because there are two very different, very competing uh, viewpoints. And for me, as a Christian guy, as a biblical guy, um, there's there's a lot at stake here because whether it be with, with the issue of unborn life, and I believe that life begins uh, at least at conception, maybe before that. God told Jeremiah, I knew you before you were conceived. So I think you protect unborn life. I think that what happens with religious conscience, religious expression is extremely important. I think what happens with sexuality, what happens with SOGI and LGBTQ movements, and et cetera, those are all big issues to me. And they will be decided in this election as far as policy goes, not only nationally, but also for the state of Texas, also for our individual counties. And that's what, that's what we're going to do when we vote this election, decide where we're going to head on values. No, there's no question. We're talking with David Barton, the founder and the leader of Wall Builders, a national pro-family organization that's based here in the state of Texas. He's a good friend to a lot of people in Texas, even though his work is has been national, probably international as well. And some of that work includes what happens in our halls of government, in our state capital, in our nation's capital, at the State Board of Education. You and I have had some fun with that issue, how things are taught in our public schools. You've been a part of that. Your your work, your books have been a part of making sure we teach things accurately when it comes to our country, our country's founding. And uh, but one of the things I hear a lot of at the Capitol is government belongs to those who show up. And that's not just at the Capitol. That's at the ballot box, too. I mean, you, you are, you know, while people are voting for a particular name, they are effectively voting for a particular policy. That's why it's important for people to know where the candidates stand on the issues. And you talk about the issue of life. David, you know, we have seen that issue. A lot of times people think of it as a national thing, right? It's Roe v. Wade. It's the Supreme Court. What are you going to do? And that it's not really an issue to think about locally when you're dealing with city elections or county elections or your commissioner's court or whatever. Not true anymore. We've seen largely because of what people on the left or liberals or however, uh, Democrats and some, that they have been trying to impact policies at the local level. Take, for instance, the city of Austin giving free rent to Planned Parenthood to have a building in a government building to get free rent is really kind of a tax break, if you will. Things of that nature where we have seen local policyholders and elected officials, not just at the national level, get involved in some of the issues that you and I care about. Well, even if you take something like Fort Worth was six years ago when Fort Worth was the first in the nation to come out and say, hey, we're going to have genderless bathrooms, genderless locker rooms. We don't want kids to have genders when they're in school in Fort Worth. And the president at that time, President Obama, picked that up and said, no, that's a great idea, and through the Department of Education made it a national policy. If you get federal funds, you will have genderless bathrooms and locker rooms, et cetera. It came out of Fort Worth, Texas. Give me a break. Well, let's throw in now what's happening with Fort Worth, Texas. 
They've taken the, the five bills that have been passed in California on sex ed. And by the way, if you look at the curriculum for six-year-olds in California on sex ed, it is a stuff that, that was long considered to be pure pornography. And so the visuals and the things that go with it, Fort Worth is doing that. They picked up California sex ed and said, we need this in Texas. So what we're seeing nationally, and we can laugh about California and say how goofy they are, Guess what? We've got that pl- that we've got that program being implemented here in Texas through local school boards, through local school districts. So Austin's example, Texas example. There's so many examples we can point to, and this is where local elections do have impact. And by the way, just for the purpose of discussion, I'll probably use some some terms. So let me kind of define them at, yeah, the, at the beginning. Do that. I'm going to to talk about conservative type of things, and, and conservatives for a lot of people, that's a red flag. For others, that it's a great. A green flag, go for it. My position is biblical first. If I, today, politically, if I hold the position of marriage as a man and a woman, if I hold the position of, of protecting unborn life, if I hold the position uh, of traditional sexuality, of, of religious liberty, I am going to be called a conservative, and probably I'll be called a Republican as well. Those aren't labels I put on myself. I hold a biblical position, but for the purpose of discussion, when I'm talking about conservative or Republican or something else, that's not because I'm enthralled with those terms. That's because that's what the culture now brands me. Yeah. Um, when I when I look from a political voting standpoint, the platforms of both parties are very, very clear. Uh, just uh, over a month ago, the Democrats now congratulate their newest religious um, constituency, and it's the atheist and non-religious. And they are thrilled to death that the, the largest religious constituency that they have is atheist and non-religious. Well, that's not a very friendly position for me. And so, in many ways, when I if I talk about Republican, it's not because I think that's a great party. Although I, I appreciate their values and I go with what their platform says, and that's what aligns with what I believe. But it's not a matter of being partisan. So, things like conservative, and I'm sure that's that's going to come up in the conversation for anybody that doesn't like labels. These aren't labels I put on myself. These are labels the culture puts on me because of what I believe. And so just for communication purposes, that's where I have to go with those labels. Now, look, and if you want to send an email while we're on the studio, go, go to info at txvalues.org. You want to send an email, send a question. And, I, and I'm just going to see if, the, if um, our team in the studio is busy because I'm going to throw up the call-in line, 512-452-1120. You want to call in with a question I'll look at it, and after Dave, David is off the show, maybe we'll answer that, 512-452-1120. But you can email us at info at txvalues.org, or you can post a comment. We're Facebook Live. Okay, so if I make a mistake right now, I don't have the studio cleaning things up. Okay, that's what they do later. But right now, so uh, you feel free to drop a comment about what we're doing. That's the beauty of doing a live show. But that's also the, the strength and the value of someone like David Barton to have him with us in the studio by phone talking about these issues. You can see his wonderful picture here. David, I put up a real nice picture of you, just so you know, on the back of my laptop as we're doing Facebook Live. You got a great smile. Looks like you're enjoying your day today. So I hope you are. But the reason, one of the reasons we're talking to David is he's been considered one of the most, 100 most influential evangelicals. Time Magazine named him one of America's 25 top evangelicals. Let's talk about those faith-based voters uh, David, I mean, look, the, we know the life issue is getting stronger. We're seeing how the other side, the Democrats, if you will, are getting more extreme, not even supporting laws that say if a baby is born alive as a fail, after a failed abortion, that they should be protected. What is it? Do, do you see some trends there? Any evidence of 
Christians of people of faith getting more active in those numbers improving or increasing at the ballot box this election cycle? Well, it's an interesting thing because when you look at numbers overall nationally, there are percentages we work with. The problem we have with Christians right now, it is so easy to call yourself a Christian, and yet your values can be everywhere. Uh, if you look at, at competitions that have gone on, you, you look even at, at you, you got Christianity Today saying Trump has got to go, and you got Charisma saying Trump's got to stay. Those are two leading Christian magazines, and right now Charisma is actually a larger magazine than Christianity Today, but they both profess Christianity. They both hold opposite views. So a lot of what we have in difficulty with measuring Christians right now is worldview. And worldview is not whether I call myself a Christian, I can wear a label that says I'm a banana tree. It doesn't mean I am. You have to look at the fruit that goes with it. So when you look at the values that show up, what we would call value voters, that's more of where you make the distinction. Uh, there are 72% of the nation that says it's Christian, about 24% of the nation that would be considered what's called evangelical, which are those that are more serious about their faith. But even with that, there is some diversity. Now, I'll point out that four years ago with Trump, the, the largest single cohesive constituency he had was 80, 81% of evangelicals voted for Trump. That's, that's the largest group he had of any constituency that voted solidly for him. So those folks that are more serious about their faith, Trump was their choice last time. But as you go back and look at numbers, and this is where everything breaks, breaks out, and this is what's most important. And, and here's where I think that this I guess I can say these are shocking numbers to me, and I'm, they're also in some ways disappointing numbers. But when you take and look at voters in America, according to the Constitution, if you're 18 or older, you can vote. So when you take that group of everyone who's 18 or older, all you have to do to be a constitutional voter is you have to register. We just want to make sure you don't vote 15 times so if somebody doesn't steal your identity and vote for you. Just go register. Fill out a piece of paper. At this point, only 67% of Americans registered to vote. So we have now taken 33% of all adults off the table. They said, I don't care what happens to America. I don't care what direction it goes in, right, left, center. I don't care. I'm not going to be part of it. Okay, with that 67%, we look at what we call off-year elections, which are the years that we do not have a presidential vote. That's often when we choose our, our congressmen, our senators, and governors, etc. And then we have the presidential years like we have right now. For the off years since 1980, and, and those years that are non-presidential years, we averaged 39% of registered voters showing out. So it's turning out. So that's 39% of 67%, which puts us down to only 26% of adults vote to choose governors and senators and reps. And it only takes half of that to win. So we're talking that 13% of Americans choose our governors, our senators, and our representatives. That's one out of eight Americans. When it comes to this year, presidentially, we look at this year, and the average presidential turnout since 1980 has been about 57%. So that's 57% of 67%, which puts us at 36% of adults will vote in this presidential election. Uh, 330 million in America, we're going to have about 110 million that, that vote in the election. And it's only going to be half of that to choose the winning candidate. That's all that's needed. And so we're looking at 18% or one out of five Americans will choose the president of the United States this time. Now, that is massive. Currently, the president has appointed 191 judges. He will live for the next 40 years through his judges. And only one out of five people turn out. 
This is why Christians turning out is so significant, because the numbers actually are so low. And, and this is where people of faith can have a huge impact in, in local. And by the way, the average local election, only 6% of adults vote to choose city council and state board of education, etc. And since that 6% is 67%, we're looking at 4% of adults choose our mayors. You take the mayor of Houston, chosen by 4% of adults in Houston, and the mayor of Houston is bigger than the governor of 26 states. Isn't that crazy? Look, and you know, I, I grew up in Houston, so it it is a sore spot for me. I can't vote there. I do have a lot of family and friends that I lean on on a regular basis, you know, and I'm I'm tired of the excuses. David, you threw out a lot of great numbers, and that's why we have David Barton on the show, the uh, leader of Wall Builders, the founder of Wall Builders, but he does a whole lot when it comes to these issues related to what's going on with value voters, evangelical voters, you know, the impact of elections, some great, tremendous numbers. It's not too late, though, right? We, I mean, it's too late for the primary in Texas if you haven't registered to vote, but it's not too late uh, for the general, right? So I'm going to throw out a couple of election dates just to, uh, while we're talking. February 18th, okay, next Tuesday, early voting starts in the state of Texas. The main election day is March 3rd. So that's coming up next week. We've got a great resource um, that we recommend, freevotersguide.com. It's a website where you can find out where the candidates stand on a lot of issues. And then uh, later in the year, October 19th is when early voting starts. And then November 3rd is their main election day. But you got to register to vote 30 days before uh, the main election date, November 3rd. The, that deadline's passed for March 3rd, but not for November 3rd. And, uh, David, look, we're doing a lot more work this year um, going out to churches, trying to meet new people, trying to meet new churches, church leaders, pastors, to let them know you have a right to talk about elections at your church on Sunday from the pulpit to tell people that there's an important election going on, to talk about biblical issues, to encourage people to look at those biblical issues before deciding who to vote for. They can have candidate forums at the church as long as they invite all the candidates for that particular race, even if they don't all show up. Pastors individually can endorse candidates. Um, David, what has been your experience lately? I, I, a lot of new people moving to Texas, a lot of new churches. Do you think there's more churches that are communicating more about elections and the importance of going to vote? Or do you think it's kind of, you know, it still needs a lot of help? What, what's been your impression lately? Well, we do a lot of polling on that. We do a lot of national polling. We work very closely with George Barna on polling. And, and there's some numbers that are, are very interesting in this. And by the way, uh, you know, the, the question often comes up at election time, and most pastors are going to get a letter from, from Barry Lynn or someone in Americans United for Separation Church and State right. telling them what they can't do in this election. You can't put out voters' guides. You can't, and that letter comes out to about 160,000 pastors a year. So it's going to come, or, or every election, it's, it's going to come out. Here's two things you need to remember. Jonathan, you mentioned earlier about Planned Parenthood down in Austin, what's going there. We know who Planned Parenthood is. They're very active in the elections. They, they endorse candidates. They give tons of money. Uh, they're giving tens of millions of dollars this year to pro-abortion candidates, endorsing those candidates, pushing through the Democrat Party, etc. We also are very familiar with unions, and unions put a lot of money into elections. They, they do a lot of endorsements. They give ballot endorsements for their, for their members. Okay, here's the deal. Planned Parenthood and unions are both nonprofits. So is a church. How come we say old churches can't put out voters' guides, and yet nonprofits like Planned Parenthood and unions are out endorsing candidates? That's us tying our own hands. That's a great point. Give, 
give me a break. We're talking the same nonprofits, and it's the left that keeps telling us what we can't do. It's, it's anti-God people who says, you Christians can't get involved. My gosh, why are we listening to that? So, well, they want, they want to the, capitalize on, on creating doubt, right? They, you know, to your sure. point, these letters that pastors get sometimes, they want to cast a lot of doubt. And as a result of that, a lot of times churches say, you know what? I'm just not going to do anything, which is a shame. Um, are we seeing that trend continue, or do you think there's more churches and pastors saying, you know what, we're going to have our voice heard. We know we've got some friends that can help us. Well, there's more Christians saying that. There's not necessarily more pastors. What we know is there's 384,000 senior pastors and churches in America right now, and calling those churches at about 500 a day, we're finding that 72% of pastors say they do not believe the Bible, do not agree with it, do not think it is a guidebook for life. So 28% of pastors say they do believe that. That is 107,000 churches across the nation. Uh, when you boil that down from, from that level, we then contact the pastors and say, do you think the Bible addresses every issue of life? And we gave them specifically 14 areas. Does the Bible address, I don't know, immigration? Does it address life and marriage and sexuality and economics and education, whatever? And of the 107,000 pastors, between 91 and 90, between 91 and 97 percent of pastors said yes. The Bible addresses those issues that we deal with on a regular basis. We then said, okay, have you addressed those issues, or will you address those issues? And 90 percent of those pastors say, no, 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 I don't talk about those issues because those are political issues. Mm. You know, no, wait, you just said that we're in the Bible and you won't talk about them. So what we have found is that the church is very, very disengaged in even addressing the issues of the culture. Um, but Christians are becoming more engaged in it. Uh, it's interesting that as we look at Texas, even the election that we had just a few years ago between Beto O'Rourke and, and Ted Cruz, and take the personalities out of whether you like Cruz or O'Rourke, just look at policy positions. And for, for a biblical voter, when you look at the issues of life and marriage and sexuality and all these things, there's a huge, huge difference between Beto O'Rourke and Ted Cruz. What happened was of the People who have moved into Texas from the outside, you know, come in from California or wherever they've come in from, 58% of those voters chose Ted Cruz. Of the voters who have lived in Texas their whole life, only 49% chose Ted Cruz. So we're seeing that those who are moving into the state of Texas are actually conservative voters fleeing goofy states like California. They're much more conservative than our Texas voters are. So we've got some different different trends that are going in, in weird directions right here, but the church has not done a good job of stepping up. It, but I will say that they're starting to change. We are seeing pockets that are stepping forward, uh, pockets of, of pastors getting together saying, no more, it's time to put a, a flag down and take a stand. And I think that's a really healthy sign. Well, look, we're we're also trying to address the fact that, number one, a lot of new people have moved to Texas, but also that... Our experience is a lot of people don't know what their rights are to the point of your right. survey and others, or that they're not willing to talk about it. Maybe that's because they don't think they can in addressing it. And we've done work like that, but just not all that organized in the past. We've got supporters in all 254 states, but as you know, Texas is a big state, trying to cover that ground. So now we've got two members of our team um, that we've added. We've got a lot more volunteers that are making their way across the state. There was an event we had last night in Central Texas, and we're going to be doing some of that privately and publicly. I was at church at my Bible study the other night, though, and a couple, and I won't name the state so people don't figure out who I'm talking about because I didn't get clearance, but my point is they were from another state that typically votes, you know, you think of voting liberal, if you will, in, these, in the past presidential cycle, and they were like, we came to Texas 
for these kind of values, for Christian values and looking for more, you know, red voters and all that kind of stuff. So I thought it was really interesting to your point about the poll with Ted Cruz that he had a higher percentage of support from people that had more recently been in Texas and not people like me, right, that are fifth or sixth generation. Look, I'll, you know, I'll say it publicly. I voted for Ted Cruz personally. I'm not saying I didn't vote for him. I'm saying people like me that have been in the state a long time, um, you, you might think, oh, we're more like true Texans and the ones holding on to our values. And many of us are. Uh, but I thought it was very interesting. And, and I, you know, but you can see how it, that might play out. People that have left those states, many of them have left because they don't want the type of values and the policies that their government was involved in. And they're looking for a refuge or a place to come to where there are people that are more like minded. That could be very encouraging, uh, particularly since we're only a year or two uh, separated from that or since then. And there's a big presidential election in front of us right now. Yeah, there's a big presidential election. And I got about one minute left, David. I'm sorry. The trend is that we do have the conservative folks moving in, or, or I'm going to call value voters moving in. But that doesn't change the fact that we've got a massive amount of values voters. And if churches will engage in an act and give their voters, give their constituents permission, if you will, the pastor says, say, guys, you got to go be salt and light. you got to get involved. We have critical issues. We're t- determining the direction of the state, biblical or anti-biblical. you got to go vote. And here's some voters' guides. That will make a massive difference, and individual Christians can do that as well. Uh, touch the people around you. Use your social media. Say you got to get out and vote. Here's my voters' guide. Here's who I'm voting for. Here's who you should vote for. If we can do that individually and turn out the, the church and values voters in Texas, we can see some really good things happen this election. Well, no, there's no doubt. Look, and you and I know about the Gonzalez flag. Come and take it. And we like to talk about it a lot of times as – you know, this rallying point, but the other side will come and take it. Okay. You know, people need to be mindful of that. There's a, there, there is a tug of war right now. And if you don't go to the ballot box, if you don't exercise your vote, if you don't encourage your pastor or church leader to talk to more people about the importance of voting and to show up, somebody else will essentially take your place or outweigh you. Those stats show that too, with some of these low voter turnouts, but we'd like to see them increase. David, we've been really excited and thankful to have you on our show today. David Barton, who is the founder and leader of Wall Builders. You can find him at wallbuilders.com. David, thanks for being our guest today on the Texas Values Report. Thanks, Jonathan. Thanks for all you do. Thanks for being engaged, brother. Bless you, man. Yes, sir. God bless you. Wow, that's great to have David. I I had to write down some of the stats because I'm like, writing, writing. He's just, and that is, he's like, you know, uh, just one after another after another. If you've ever seen him speak before, he's got a lot of great statistics on a lot of different issues, but just rattles them off. TXValues.org is our website. FreeVotersGuide.com is the resource that we recommend that we're a part of putting together if you want information about candidates. Early voting starts next week for two weeks. Uh, Main election day is March 3rd. Call our office, email us, go to our website if you want more information. And we'll talk to you next week on the Texas Values Report.